Bible also says that God is love. So don't just love in tongue, but in, in action and in truth. Give all that we have to him. Let us pray. Father, right now, we ask, Lord, for you to have your way. We thank you, Father, we're able to sing songs of Zion, to celebrate and to testify, God, the things you have done in our lives and how much we love you. And, Father, right now we also ask you to continue to move in this worship service and speak right now to us, Lord, through this vessel. And, Lord, as he preaches your word to us, your people, we prepare our hearts right now and our minds to receive what you have to say to us so that we walk away here, Lord, closer to you than we walked in. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Amen. Remembering your purpose or discovering your purpose. But the point is, you have one. To remember your purpose or to discover your purpose. But the point is, you have one. Tell someone, you have a purpose. As you can tell from the number one selling book by uh, Pastor Warren, uh, Purpose-driven life. Everybody want to know, man, I, I have a purpose. What's going to drive my life? You have a purpose. Some of us forgot our purpose. We got off track. Some of us haven't discovered our purpose. We feel that we're missing something. We're lacking something in our lives. Life without purpose is not a life at all. If you have nothing to live for, then you're not living. So what are you living for? As I was commuting here this morning, and I was just thinking that... You know, I'm driving to my job, but I don't see it as a job. Because I started thinking about how when I used to drive to my job, I said, I'm only showing up to get my paycheck on Friday. But I've never driven here yet waiting on my paycheck. I've driven here because I had a purpose. And that's what drove me to come here. That's what gives me passion every time I wake up, that I'm not here to get paid some monetary means, but I'm here to see how much more I can give God glory. When you have a deeper purpose in your life, it goes beyond what you're doing as your vocation. You, you see that there's something greater in you, and you want to do bigger and greater things. And then you start looking, how can you add on to somebody else's life? How can you enlarge somebody and give them value? Because you realize that your purpose was not just for you, but able to bless and give to somebody else. Then you'll be able to just sing, Lord, I'm running, trying to make a hundred, realizing I fall short in areas of my life, but that's no reason for me to stop. I'm going to keep on pressing on towards the mark of the higher calling in Christ Jesus. Yet there's times in our life that we fall so short that we forget our purpose. There's times in our life where we get distracted that we forget our purpose. There's times in our life that we lose discipline and we forget our purpose. There's times in our life that we're no longer driven to, to do our purpose, but driven to fulfill our own lusts and desires. And at those times is when we start losing focus. We start losing the will of fighting. We start losing the will of giving our best, and we start settling for less. And when we settle for less, it makes it easier for the enemy to sneak in and to 
distract you, and to knock you down and weigh you down and push you down. And the enemy loves to kick you when you're down. In the Judges 16th chapter, we're going to look at Samson, who at one point was on top of the world. Everything was looking good for him. And then all of a sudden, things turned for the worse. But yet, things do not turn for the worse. All of a sudden, the enemy sneaks in bit by bit trying to chip away, trying to chisel away your character, your focus, your vision. Judges 16th chapter, looking at verse 25 to verse 30. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And as you turn there, we are pretty much at the end of Samson's life. And we're going to pick up here and we're going to look back and see how did he get here. Maybe you might be in the same situation, beat down, uh, despaired, uh, forgotten. And you're feeling, how did I get here? Maybe you might be able to track your steps and follow Samson. Or, or maybe you might say, well, I've never been there before. Well, don't get so high and mighty because you could end up there too. Verse 25 begins, half drunk by now, the people demanded, bring out Samson so he can amuse us. So he was brought from the prison to amuse them. And they had him stand between the pillars supporting the roof. Samson said to the young servant who was leading him by the hand, place my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple. I want to rest against them. Now the temple was completely filled with people. All the Philistines and rulers were there, and there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching as Samson amused them. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. They, they, previously, if you read, they plucked out his eyes. They burnt them out. Uh, verse 29, Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple, pushing against them with both hands. He prayed, Let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire life. Look at that last verse in the last segment, the last sentence. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his lifetime. We all have a sunrise and a sunset. From birth to death, Samson's life had a purpose. You follow back, you see when, when God uh, calls uh, the angel to, to, to Samson's family in chapter 13, you can see that God said, I will use Samson to begin, to begin deliverance of Israel from the Philistines. 
and he is to be dedicated to me, God says. He's to be dedicated to me for all his life, from birth uh, to death. While he was in his mother's womb, he was dedicated. He told the father, told the mother, you need to set the example for your son. Don't, don't touch any, 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 any wine and, and do not uh, be careful of what you eat. Do not eat anything unclean and, and make sure that a razor will never touch his head. Samson was committed to God by birth, and Samson knew this vow in his life. And things started out well for him. He understood his purpose. He understood he was called to be a judge. The timing of judge was before they had kings. This is how God had originally had it set up, that they would be led by judge, by people that he would choose, that his spirit will fall upon and lead. And we read and see that Samson judged Israel for 20 years, and Samson was a was a judge called out and one of the gifts that God gave him was was unworldly strength. He was the incredible hope. Before the incredible hope was incredible, it was Samson. He was the one that Hercules wants to be like. It was Samson. Samson is, is, the, is the Iron Man, is the Superman, is the Batman, and all those superheroes that you talk about. It was Samson. And his strength came from God because it was the purpose placed on his life. And Samson grabbed it and understood it, but Samson had a problem. See, we have to fulfill our purposes in life, and we have to discover our purpose in life. But the point is, you have one. Samson's purpose was made known to him. It was obvious to him. Samson had a discipline he was supposed to follow. One thing you have to do into fulfilling your purpose is to stay disciplined. When Samson had a vow, that was a discipline he had to maintain and catch it. Many of you have a discipline that you do. Your job may be considered a discipline. You have to do it daily to make yourself better. Many of you see, you may be watching the Olympics now, and it's kind of hard if you flip through. It's like on five different channels, so you're going to see the Olympics some way, somehow. But the people, you're seeing their performance, but before they could do the performance, they had to be disciplined to make sure they were able to perform when it counts. If they slack one day, that meant someone was faster than them. If they didn't shoot as many free throws that day, that means someone's going to make more than them. If they don't run that extra 100 meters, that means someone's going to be faster than them, stronger than them. If they don't push that one more time on that weights, that means someone's going to be stronger than them. Are you following me here? Talk to me if you will. That you understand you have to push yourself. You have to discipline yourself so that when it comes time, when it counts, you won't falter. I, I, I have a discipline that I've been lacking lately, maybe for a month. I run two miles in the morning. And this discipline helps me out not only physically, but spiritually and emotionally. And I notice a difference in my health and my psyche when I don't run. When I run, I feel good for the rest of the day. I feel good for that month. I feel good for that week. And when I get tired, I push myself, knowing, Sam, you did this yesterday. You can do it today. Matter of fact, you can run farther, run harder. Go, push yourself. And I push myself, and I run harder. And then I look at my time and say, yeah, I did good today. When I'm disciplined, I benefit from this because this discipline falls into my other areas of my life. It makes sure I study harder. I read 
more. I, I'm punctual of things. Why? Because you have to discipline yourself in one area of your life. It's going to make it overflow in some other areas. Samson had a discipline upon him, but he was falling short. What is it that you're not being disciplined enough? Maybe you're not praying enough. Maybe you're not studying your word. Maybe you're lazy. You don't wake up when your alarm clock tells you to wake up. You hit that snooze button just one too many times, and, and you always want to speed to get somewhere. And then you get that ticket, and you want to blame the police officer while you're late. You never blame yourself because you're not disciplined enough. Or maybe because your, your, your clothes are not ready, and so you blame everything else because your clothes. But if you just got up and ironed your clothes, they would look fine. But you was too lazy to get up to iron your clothes, so you just threw them off. And you want to complain to people. I never have a good outfit. Or maybe you just have a messy house like I do. And you're just going to blame. You never have enough time. But you just don't take the time to make time to do it right. See, we can make excuses for why we don't do anything. But all we're showing is a lack of discipline. I'm talking to myself. You could talk to me if you will. But see, I understand that when you take the time to be disciplined, it's going to make you stronger and fulfilling your purpose. Think about why do they interview for a job? They want to see how disciplined you are. Your grades, so your discipline. You have a C average. But you say you're qualified for the job. But yet when nobody was watching you, you didn't push yourself. So why do I want to hire you when I got to stay on you? You took this class three times. And the highest grade you got was a C minus. Why do I have to be patient with you when you're not disciplined enough to improve on your mistakes? You see, we think that when people see the outcome, they will benefit, but yet... God sees behind the stage. See, we get on the stage, we could present ourselves. Samson could present himself strong and mighty. When times got weak for him, he would say, oh, Lord, uh, I'm going to Paris. And God bless it with strength. He killed a thousand Philistines with a jawbone. But before that, he was disciplined because he was in, he, and now cast this, he was undisciplined when he loved a Philistine woman. But yet God still used this undisciplined fool to get his will done. I want you to grab this, that, see, God calls you for a purpose. And in spite of you, he can get his will done. And without you, he can get his will done. But he'd rather do it with you. But when you're undisciplined, you lose focus. And when you lose focus, you don't have the proper drive. But when you stay disciplined, it helps build up your determination. Because when you stay determined... You are focused on the task. See, when Samson was determined, he was determined to destroy those Philistines when they murdered his wife. See, Samson, being hot-headed, he killed a lion and made a riddle. You can read the text. He made a riddle and said out of the, the, the beast came something sweet. Huh? And, and so they, nobody got it because nobody knew what he was talking about because he only he knew. He didn't even tell his parents that he killed a lion. And when he went back to the car, he saw a honeycomb in there, and he ate of the honey. It was so sweet. He gave it to his parents, but did not tell them where it came from. And his wife plead to him and say, please let my brethren know. And so she told them the answer. Then he got mad, and, and then he left in anger. Then his father-in-law said, well, I seemed like you didn't love her enough, so he gave Samson's wife to his best man. Hello. The father-in-law 
gave my wife to my best man? I don't understand why Sam didn't do nothing to that best man, but he got mad at the family. <laughs> and, and so he goes and ties foxes tails and burn down the field. And the Philistines, now they get mad. Samson did this to them. So now they burn Samson's wife and father's family. Then Samson says, now I'm going to get all y'all. Then he killed those thousand Philistines. And then the Philistines get mad at that. See, look at this. God is using Samson in spite of his undisciplined self and his undetermined self to still begin, as he called him to do, to begin deliverance to the Philistines. So now look what the Philistines do. See, see Samson in his undisciplined self and in his undetermined self to fully devote himself to God had people he loved reject him and the people he's called to serve reject him. The Philistines go to Judah to cause ruckus. Judah now goes to get Samson <laughs> and say, Samson, if you don't stop, we're going to kill you. But Samson says, look, you can bind me up as long as you don't kill me yourself, and I will go to the Philistines. So they bind him up, take him to the Philistines. Then Samson realized who God was. Now, catch this. Samson's called to be judged, but he's hiding in a cave. He lost focus. He was hiding the cave. You can see there's an up and down in Samson's life. We, we, we read right there at the crux, at the end of his life. But all his life was ups and downs. When you're not disciplined, when you're not determined, your life is going to be filled with a lot of ups and downs. But when you stay consistent and dis- disciplined and determined to serve God, it's going to be a, a little bit of smoother ride. Samson went through a lot of things on his own. He did not have to suffer. We suffer things in our lives because of our own wicked temptation, and we want to blame God. God is not the problem. Your undisciplined self is the problem. We're going to go through heartaches and pains. Christ himself said, the Son of Man must suffer. He said, if you're going to follow me, you must suffer. We don't want to suffer, but we want Christ to suffer for us. God has called us. To look beyond our selfish motives and our selfish goals and look how can I give of myself for a bigger and a greater purpose. See, in order, one way to look at your purpose and realize, is it bigger than me? Ask someone to your left, to your right, ask them, is your purpose bigger than you? Because when it's bigger than you, then you're on the right track. But if your purpose is about your bank account, If your purpose is about your household, your purpose is about your legacy, you have the wrong purpose because it's not about you. Samson upset and mad as in the cave. The Judah seemed, their judge is gone and said, we're just going to get rid of him then. And so they get him, tie him up, but God gives him his strength one more time and he kills these Philistines. Then later on, we find him in Gaza, and here's where the trouble begins. In Gaza, he finds a prostitute. The Philistines here, he's there, undisciplined. He's not controlling his lust. The fruit of the Spirit, and the last fruit of the Spirit is self-control, but we oftentimes want to bypass that. We want to tell somebody how they got to have patience. 
We want to tell somebody how they ought to love somebody or be gentle, be meek. But we, we don't look at ourselves and say, how am I showing self-control? I'm trying to tell somebody else what to do, but am I controlling myself? Am I humbling myself? Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit that we can control these lusts and these appetites of the flesh. They can be tamed, thank you, hallelujah, through the Holy Spirit. When we, when we say, Lord, fill me with your Spirit, I'm able to control my wandering eye. I'm able to control my loose tongue. I'm able to control my, my hand that's about to go and touch somebody in the face in the wrong way. I'm able to control my feet going to the wrong place. I'm able to control my thirst. I don't want to drink that liquor anymore. I'm able to control what I put in my lungs. As Pastor Price saying, those left-hand cigarettes, I'm going to be able to put the weed down, or, or I guess the new thing, the Pineapple Express. I'll be able to put that stuff down because I realize that God has called me to a greater purpose than me trying to satisfy, me trying to please myself because this body is destined to die, but what he asked me to do is destined to live. Samson was sleeping with a prostitute in God's. Philistines heard they wanted to come get him, but God gave him strength again. He tore the gates off and put him on the hill. But then, dun dun dun, give me, give me that, dun dun dun. He falls in love with Delilah, and never in the test does Delilah say she loves him. And the Philistines bribed Delilah. Once again, Samson showing his lack of discipline, his lack of determination, that he starts lying daily. Tell me where your strength come from. Oh, if you sew my braids up in a loom. Oh, if you buy me up with wet ropes that's never been used before. Oh, if you do this and you do that, lying. Not going to confess to God, saying, Lord, my strength came from him. What am I doing with this wayward woman? I need to get up out of this relationship. But no, he was more determined to satisfy Delilah than to glorify God. Some of us have some Delilahs in our lives. You're sleeping in the wrong lap. And she's trying to shave your head off. She's trying to do everything she can to manipulate you. And I'm saying she, not just saying it's a woman, but that she could be your car, your money, your job, your, your, your big legacy, your, your big business. Anything that you think is greater than God is keeping you away from the focus. And all the enemy is being strictly determined enough to knock you down. Look, look, when you're not determined, Satan is still determined, seeking whom he may devour. You see, when you are your strongest, Satan is still coming at you strong. And when you're weak, he's still coming at you just as strong. Satan does not give up. He is determined to destroy you. That's why you have to be sober, be vigilant, and be aware because your enemy is like a lion seeking whom he may devour. But I'm glad I can stand on the word of God and realize as I stand against the enemy, he has to free. Because why? Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Satan can throw everything he got at me. But I'm glad that the Bible tells me that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do I have a testimony here? Do I have a witness here? Then realize that when I keep my eye on the prize, I, I know I won't lose because Jesus, hallelujah, 
hallelujah. He is my rock. He is my all in all. And I can sing the song. Lord, I'm running, trying to make a hundred. Realizing Satan's trying to knock me down. Trying to be a stumbling block. But I'm going to stand up on my two feet and put on the whole armor of God. I, I'll be able to be like Jehoshaphat. I'll be able to pray and fast knowing that the Lord will go before me and fight my battles. I'm glad that it's not about me, but it's all about him. You have to stay disciplined, stay determined. And you have to stay depending on God. See, we find the text here when Samson cries out to God one more time. But still look at the character of Samson. (laughs) He asked for vengeance for his two eyes. He still was thinking about lonely Samson. But yet God still used him in spite of his selfish motives to get his will done. See, see, a lot of us line up our will and think it's God's will. Lord, uh, I feel good being here, so I should be here. A lot of good things are happening. I, I got a raise. I thank you for this job. My, 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 my wife's not understanding, but she will understand because I'm bringing home a good paycheck. Or, oh Lord, I, I thank you for, for blessing me with this raise. And now we're about to move. My kids don't want to move, but they're going to like it because we'll be in a bigger house and a, in a better place. So, Lord, I, they'll, they'll understand by and by. We get caught up want to justify what God, what we think God is blessing us in because we always want more and stop looking at the bigger picture. Say, it's not about me. But it's going to benefit my family. We got we to gotta make sure that we don't forget that it's all about God. We got to stay disciplined. We have to stay determined. We have to stay depending on God. Because when we depend on God as Samson, we realize that the strength did not come from me waking up and just shaking it and breaking out of the, the, the binds that Lila put me in. Because so many times we escape so much because of God's grace. Tell somebody, because of God's grace, you've escaped a lot. Tell somebody, because of God's grace, you escaped a lot. Tell somebody, because of God's grace, you escaped a lot. See, see, his grace is sufficient. See, because of God's grace, Samson didn't die then. He didn't die before. He didn't die then. But he died when his purpose was fulfilled, even in spite of him. And that's something that God can use you in spite of you and even without you. See, God has called you to a greater purpose, but yet you miss out on the joy when you don't fully understand. Don't miss out on the joy. Samson killed more in his death than he did in his life, but yet his life was not in vain. Your purpose you may not see in your lifetime. Your purpose you may not see even beginning in your lifetime. But just do what God calls you to do. Just humble yourself and surrender. You may never ever have a big parade in your honor. You may never have somebody give you a plaque with your name on it. You may never ever get a gold medal in the Olympics because of your sport. You know, you may never ever have that your picture plastered in, in you, whatever magazine you want to be plastered in. Because uh, a little bit about me, uh, when I was in college, I was hoping that one day I'd be in the Ebony magazine. You know, successful men under 30. You know, one day that will, that will be me. You know, that, that, that's my selfish motive. That I just thought, oh, God, I'm so good. I should be in the magazine. But I may never ever be in that magazine. But when I realize that it's not about me, I have more joy and more peace to have on my, my paper, sla- my face my face flat on a sheet of paper that somebody's going to use for burning up a fireplace. 
your life is worth so much more than what other people can write about. Because when God writes your name in the Lamb books of life, that's when your life really has value. When you only lean on Jesus, you find your value. When Samson finally leaned on those pillars <laughs> and leaned on the name of God, said, Sovereign Lord, remember me. That sounds familiar to anybody else? You remember when Jesus was between two crosses? <laughs> one, cro- one thief on the side said, Lord, remember me. I'm glad that when we forget about the Lord, he does not forget about us. When we are out of his will, he's still looking out for us. Just like the prodigal son that said the father was looking out, waiting for the son to come on back. I'm glad that God is always looking out, waiting for his children to come back. Come on back, sister. Come on back, brother. It's going to be all right. I, I remember you. And guess what? I've forgiven you and forgotten all those bad things you've done. Uh, I'm going to make it like it's never been before. Samson got his strength back like he's never done wrong in his life. I'm glad today I can go to Jesus and he'll forgive me of all that I've done. And it makes me feel like I've never done any wrong because I've been lost before, but now I'm found in him. And when I call on the name of Jesus, I see a change happening in my heart, a change happening in my tongue. My eyes start looking at things differently. I start speaking differently. I start working my job differently because I realize it's not about me any longer, but I want to do bigger and greater things. And when I submit myself to the will of God, I'm able to go above and beyond in my life because his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I'm glad to Today, do I have a witness here that know that when I surrender to God, I'm disciplining my faith. I'm studying my word daily. I'm praying on my knees. And then sometimes I'm on my knees because there's nowhere else I can go. So I just get down on my knees and say, Lord, I won't let go until I hear a word from you. My daddy is sick. The doctor gave me a bad report, but I'm trusting you, Lord, until I hear something else. Do I have a witness here? You went to the bank. The bank couldn't help you, but you got back on your knees and said, I'm going to a resource that never runs dry. My father owns a cattle on a thousand hill. Make it plain. He owns the world. The world is his. I'm his child. That means I am never poor. I'm glad today I can go to him because he's an awesome God. He's a big God. He's an amazing God. Do I have a witness here that can testify that my Lord will never leave me nor forsake me. Even when I fall short, even when I'm undisciplined, even when I'm undetermined, he's determined to call me his own. That's why Jesus is able to say to that thief on the cross, this day you'll be with me in paradise. This day can be your day. To be determined to depend on Jesus. To be disciplined in your faith. I want you to really grab this. God will not force you 
The choice is yours. Samson made a lot of wrong choices in his life. Just like you and me. But all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. But the wage of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. If you don't know your purpose, you find your purpose in Christ. If you forgot your poor purpose, keep your eye on the prize, on Christ. And he will guide you. He will direct you. He will send you in the proper place. In spite of the, the issues you're dealing with, just as Samson was dealing with some wayward issues and some wayward people, God can still use you. Did, you. did you not see that in the text? Did you not see that in the text? Even in spite of Samson, he used him to get his will done. God can use you. Even when you're unwilling, he can use you to get his will done. He used Nebuchadnezzar as his servant to, condi- to, to, to break down the walls and to enslave his people. He used some ungodly folks to get his will done. But oh, the joy you have, the peace you have. When you say, Lord, I surrender all. Where are you right now? Where are you right now? Today you can be like Samson. Call out to God, God, please remember me and fill me up with your spirit to do your will. Let that be your prayer today. Let that be your prayer today. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, we come to you praying, Lord. We've fallen short in so many areas of our lives. No one here, Lord, can stand and say that they've been perfect. But God, you are perfect, and we want to serve you. And we ask for your perfect power, your perfect peace, to just overwhelm us in such a beautiful way, to push us to serve you with all that we have. And Father, Lord, I pray right now that someone here who does not know Jesus, that they confess with their mouth, and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that you have risen him from the grave because he died for their sins as now, and he is now seated at the right hand of the Father with all glory.